Hi, I'm Adrian Raymond from EasyQuest, and this episode I'm talking hydrogen transport with Mark Irving, Business Development Manager at Heavy Vehicle and Machinery Solutions, a New Zealand company leading the way in converting existing diesel vehicles to hydrogen. Hello, Mark. Hey, Adrian. Hi, how are you? Good to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Yes, I'm... Um, Sort of a lot going on in hydrogen I've been reading about. Um, so maybe we could start with sort of the big picture in New Zealand, what's happening. Yeah, perfect timing. So I've just um, just come back from a two-day conference in Wellington. Um, so it's a hydrogen um, sort of um, consortium conference. So yeah, nationwide. And um, what was some sort of, res- what was some insights from that? Uh, well, it was amazing actually, because it, it, even in that 12 months, it's gone through a, um, a period of from a lot of people talking about wanting to do some stuff to lots and lots of examples of um, people actually uh, actioning work. Yeah. So the sector's um, rapidly growing. It's moving along, um, starting to catch up a little bit with what's happening overseas. Which, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and is there a bit of a sort of more of a regional focus? Or about Tauranga, Western Bay, Plenty? There, there is. Um, I'll, I'll sort of give you an overview of the country first. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So to, big players. Yeah, Taronga sort of fits into that. Um, so, um, yeah, there is activity in various places across the country. Uh, best way of thinking at it at the moment is probably split into three major sections. So you have um, the Haringa Energy, which you're probably familiar with, most people are familiar with. So the government has invested into Haringa Energy to um, produce four hydrogen production and distribution facilities uh, located on the North Island. So those will be in um, South Auckland, um, Hamilton, Tauranga and Palmerston North, essentially to pick up the long haul freight network, which is sort of going to underpin hydrogen in the country. The second one is the Obiashi um, Turapaki Trust. Um, They have a hydrogen production facility in Taupo. Um, they're already generating, but they haven't got any distribution network um, per se. And then the third major activity that's happening um, on a domestic sense is that of HW Richardson. So very large um, Richardson group of companies. So 40 companies make up the group um, based out of Invercargill. And um, they've got themselves uh, hands on some really interesting technology from Belgium. And that enables, um, you don't need to do a full conversion of a vehicle, um, you can do a partial conversion. So that's an interesting one where it uses um, hydrogen and diesel in combination. Um, so it's what we, we call a partial conversion. So you've got those sort of three big projects playing out. In relation to the Bay of Plenty, as I mentioned, Haringa are, um, are building uh, one of their four uh, production facilities in um, Tauranga. Um, in actual fact, it's at Taurico, at the business estate at Taurico, directly opposite the new Winstone Warboards factory. Oh, yeah. yeah, we went out there and had a look out that way just to see where it was. Yeah, um, it's coming along and um, uh, they're just about ready to turn dirt. Um, it won't take long to, to get the station up and running. It's all had all, all its um, consents approved. And um, yeah, so they're estimating late December, um, mid-January. Uh, 2024 uh, for the completion of that station. And how that station will present will be 
the, um, the electrolyzer and the storage facilities in tanks. And then also next door to that, or integral with that, will be a uh, Waitomo um, fuel station. Oh. So there'll be safe um, dispensation there. Also, it can um, be moved into tankers and moved to other areas to serve as hydrogen vehicles. Um, the relevance of all that to HVMS, so that's our company, um, Heavy Vehicle Machinery Solutions, um, in conjunction with sort of sister company, East Coast Heavy Diesel, uh, we will be building a, a $40 million facility um, directly behind the Haringa and Waitomo facility. So um, yeah, we're in the business of vehicle conversions and also compliance and servicing. So it's almost like a one-stop shop. Yeah. Um, so we'll be set up directly behind. And we are currently in discussions with um, Tipu Kenga as well um, for them to be um, a part of that facility and um, we'll have an integrated uh, on-site training facility, um, not just around hydrogen. So as, as you may be aware, um, a hydrogen vehicle is an electric vehicle. Um, so we will also be doing battery, battery electric and also hydrogen fuel cell work from that facility. Are there any um, are there any trucks out there at the moment? Oh, that's that's the that's the difficult one. So Haringa, um, their project has been underpinned by the delivery of twenty prime movers from a company called Hyzon. Um, so a New Zealand-based uh, company, TR Group, um, has purchased twenty. Nice. Yeah, has purchased twenty of these prime movers. Hyzon, uh, um, based on a DAF frame. Um, they will be arriving soon. I think the first one's um, due to come over very shortly. Uh, they're finishing testing in, in Melbourne. And the idea is, and the government's idea as well, is to have those 20 trucks um, as a part of a truck club. Um, there'll be 10 major companies um, that will be selected or have been selected to have two of those trucks each. Um, and then those trucks will operate through those four stations and they will use hydrogen that's produced from those initial startup of those stations. Then the idea is then to get the word out there, which what we're doing and I'm doing a lot of work in that space um, to get other people um, across in the sector to either convert or to acquire um, new vehicles or to do those hybrid conversions, as I mentioned with the Richardson Group. No, those trucks are full of hydrogen, or they, they're, they're the hydrogen diesel. No, no, they're full. full they're, they're full hydrogen yeah. fuel cell. Yeah, so um, up here at the moment, so um, just to um, clarify, the HW Richardson work in the South Island at the moment is specifically for their vehicles. They, that group, um, which includes alloyed concrete, alloyed fuel, um, they have about 1,300 vehicles on the road, heavy vehicles in New Zealand. And their uh, mandate at the moment is to, um, to do conversions on their vehicles um, to go through a testing regime. So yeah. to give you some scope, they've, they've ordered 10 kits. They're, um, they're fitted two and they're in the process of fitting the third. Uh, the first one they did was uh, on show at the Wanaka Truck Show um, earlier this year. So it's out, it's out in public. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Um, yeah, what's it, what's it like? I read about it. I think it was on Stuff. I actually think I read the article about it. What's it? To the perform like compared to oh the drivers love them yeah uh, anyone that's jumped in electric vehicle um uh, absolutely loves they got instant um power yeah um 
Yeah, in fact, um, HW Richardson had the second truck they converted. Um, they drove it up to Wellington, oh, okay. um, and it was on display there. And they had a, um, a prize draw of um, some people who put the business cards in, and uh, a couple of people got to drive around the streets of Wellington oh, really? in the hydrogen truck, yeah. yeah. How does it work between the um, hydrogen and the diesel then? Um, it's just what it is, is um, you modify the injectors and manifolds um, on your existing vehicle and you, you have a totally different arrangement. So that's all the IP behind the, uh, the tech's called CMB Tech out of Belgium. Uh, that's the tech that HW Richardson are applying. And then so what you do is you um, modify your injectors and manifolds. You get a unique solution uh, for that particular um, motor. And then you work with um, blending those two fuels in. But you can also convert back to 100% diesel. So if you have no supply of hydrogen, which is sort of what's current at the moment, we're trying to build that supply of hydrogen, that truck can work on diesel. But um, in, a, in a perfect situation, there'll be a combination. So at the moment, as a rough figure, um, they're getting around 40% um, displacement of diesel. Um, their optimum, I think they'll sit around between 45 and 50. But there have been trials done in Europe where they've got 60% um, um, displacement. So hydrogen's a totally um, you know, different beast. Yeah. And um, you know, if you wind it up too much, you get embrittlement and various other things from the hydrogen gas. So um, you, yeah, you get other problems. It's a bit like sort of screwing a motor up, trying to get the biggest performance out of it. Yeah. But again, even at the, the current levels of the 40 to 45% displacement, I mean, that's um, better than zero displacement. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great. So, what, so what's the, um, is there like a price difference? You know, fill up the tank, how's that going? Yeah, I'd probably, probably good idea to give you a reason like why these things are happening here and how they're going to play out and where HVMS sits into, into all this. So, you know, I, as you know, Adrian, I've been on the journey pretty much um, from the start. Um, way back with the Haringa and Obiashi days. And um, what, what was happening was people were concentrating on the production of hydrogen mm -hmm. and the distribution, hence Obiashi, hence uh, Halcyon with Obiashi, hence um, Haringa. But what, where HVMS came in was that no one was thinking about the total ecosystem that would support that. So it's okay to produce it and distribute it, but who's going to use it? Yeah. And who's going to comply it? Who's going to do it safely? Yeah. Who's going to train people, educate people and yeah. things like that? So myself and HVMS have been working in that space to try and grow that ecosystem. But what, what we, um, one of our um, thoughts, and that's what we've based our business on, is that the OEMs, so the original um, manufacturers, um, are currently working on hydrogen vehicles um, in, in different things, like there's earth movement equipment and there's trucks and there's cars and there's buses and whatever. But the geographical location of New Zealand, our GDP and the sort of percent we make up their market share is quite small yeah. and we're quite remote. So what HVMS is saying is that New Zealand and Australia to some extent will not receive... Um, a good supply of those vehicles for a number of years. Number one, hydrogen industry is more advanced in Europe and America and Asia. 
and those markets will receive those vehicles um, probably prior to New Zealand and Australia. So that's where the conversions come in. So you probably understand supply and demand, those OEM vehicles are going to or are, there are some available, hitting the market at, at ridiculous prices, three, four, five times the price of a diesel equivalent. Obviously that'll come down in time, supply and demand. So we're, we're using the number eight wire um, solution. <laughs> do it yourself and do conversion. So what we're finding at the moment um, in really rough terms that a full conversion um, is in the order of you know, 50%, 60% cost of a new vehicle. Okay, still relatively expensive, but again, supply and demand over time, those costs will come down. Um, so that is still obviously using um, an existing asset. So we're calling it repurposing. So you know, the, the, the governments across the world uh, of the 2035, 2050 mandates. How are we going to achieve this? Okay. What do you do with your existing diesel asset? Do you just throw them away? Do you have a big scrap heap? Or do you, do you move towards converting those and repurposing and getting some use out of them? And like an example that we use is um, like port-related equipment where that equipment doesn't have to necessarily have shiny hubcaps and run around like a main freight um, vehicle on the road and be of the highest, highest visual look. Um, it, it's a more robust vehicle. Often it's, um, you know, it's not that streamlined, roadworthy vehicle. It's a safe vehicle, obviously, it works inside a port. But those, those vehicles, they get far more use out of them. They're far more robust and um, they're absolutely prime for, for conversion. Um, so yeah, that's what we're finding. So that offers what we call a mid-range. So the OEMs, the higher price to the customer. Um, we're talking, you know, fleet operators, right? So you, the OEMs, the highest price. The full conversion is the mid-price, and that conversion could be a battery conversion as well, depending on. And that's what's happening at the moment. I'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. But battery conversions, and then you've got the the cheaper form. Um, of the uh, CMB Tech, the Richardson type conversion, the hybrid conversion, offering a more cost-effective one. But again, you're only getting partial reduction in diesel and displacement in diesel, and you're also still using your existing asset. So all, they've all got their merits, mm. but they've also got their, their price points. Mm. So that's the sort of tipping point at the moment of where we're at, because... People want to change, people need to change, but the infrastructure and the, the vehicles that you use within that infrastructure are not necessarily at that cost-effective point. So that's, you know, um, the, the work that is happening is predominantly amongst the larger corporates, the ones with the sort of deeper pockets, yeah. the ones with a more structured mandate um, to, 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 to convert. Yeah. Will there be any government funding for conversions as well? Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, um, there's a couple of the, the government. Um, so most of this is handled under um, MB. Um, and a couple of funds have just been bought out at the moment um, 
two of those particularly uh, related to vehicle um, to vehicles, um, so people can apply for funding to help help with that. Um, and then there's another uh, huge fund that they're bringing out, and it's it's called the uh, Regional Hydrogen Transition, the RHT, and um, that closed last week for comment, and then they'll bring the the full fund out later. But that's a that's a really interesting fund, um, very similar to to what they did with the electric uh, cars, electric vehicles, where the rebate was for the end user. So what they're saying here is, how do we stimulate this sector? Um, the government's thinking at the moment um, through this RHT is to give the rebate to the end user. Okay, so companies like ourselves are involved in developing regional packages that will deliver um, a closed system to that end user. So we have a production facility, we have a distribution facility, we have people like um, HVMS who do conversions um, and also um, you know, new asset acquisitions. That that whole package um, can 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 find the hydrogen price a bit better. And then that then gets offered to the end consumer, the, the fleets. And then upon use of hydrogen, um, they'll get a rebate back from the government. So that's the intended um, system, how it's going to work. I think it's a good system yeah. because, you know, what we're finding is the, the reluctance at the moment, um, understandably, is from the, the fleet owners because they've, they've invested heavily into diesel. Uh, a lot of these fleet owners have got a lot of vehicles on the road. And, you know, the hydrogen solution, albeit it's prudent, it's sensible, to be honest, it, it's going to happen. But we're right at the early phases of that. So it's that tipping point, as I mentioned before, what's going to help tip those people across. So if you can have a system that's um, supported by the, the government, that helps bring the cost to that fleet owner back to parity, or, or near parity, or in a commercially, um, you know, uh, reasonable space. Because bearing in mind, I mean, I've been involved with this for now five years or so, and a lot of people say, "Well, diesel's cheaper," but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting a better environment, and what is the cost of that? So, if you take a full environmental or a full for cost perspective of something. Um, yeah, it may cost you more, but what are the what are the environmental outcomes? You know, what's that worth? So that's sort of where the where the um, sector is at the moment, and where where the thinking is. But back onto the government's uh, plans, and and I believe that this will be um, apolitical. I think, to, um, respective of which government um, comes in in this next election, um, both major parties. Um, are embracing uh, hydrogen. They see the merit in that. Um, and particularly the sectors that it's strong in, that those above the domestic car, you know, the buses, the trains, the trucks, the planes. Um, yeah, well, that was, that, that was a big topic down at the um, um, hydrogen conference um, was that consortium. And Haringa, Haringa is actually yeah. um, a part of that consortium along with Fabrum as well. I didn't mention Fabrum earlier, but 
Fabrum are a New Zealand-based company um, or you know, a New Zealand company that's producing world-quality electrolyzers. Um, and they are involved in their project with um, HW Richardson. So, um, you know, at the moment, Haringa's um, main focus is to produce hydrogen in the North Island. Uh, we've got the Halcyon guys with Obiashi and Turapaki Trust in Taupo, um, also in the North Island. And then you've got the Fabrum and um, HW Richardson guys down, down south there. Yeah. One question. Range. You know, the metric cars, you want to know what the range is going to be. What's, what's the, is there a range difference in the trucks? Well, it's like the old electric cars. The more batteries you put in, the further yeah. it goes. You know, it's a pretty simple equation. Yeah. Um, the more petrol you put in the tank, the further you go. Um, same works with hydrogen. You know, how many kilos you put into those tanks. So you might have seen the, um, if you have a look at the Richardson uh, ones, and you can also have a look at the um, Hyzon trucks that are coming for TR Group. Effectively behind the cab is a vertical stack of what looks like very large scuba tanks. Yes, yeah. They're carbon fiber tanks. Um, and at the moment, they generally, the whole width of the truck by the full height, there's about four tanks there. And they're sort of working on about a sort of 600, 650 kilometer range. But obviously if you double the amount of tanks yeah. in there, you could double the, the distance the truck could travel. But 650 is a pretty good range. That's why New Zealand's really in a very good position to, to um, showcase this, yeah. where hydrogen's a, a, what we call a, a nodal-based thing, where you've got a, like a central facility, and it's where you fill, and um, your vehicles go out and they come back to base. They fill up, they go to base, so you don't necessarily need that expensive infrastructure um, way out along the line. You know, that sort of infrastructure on a smaller scale um, smaller vehicles with cars. You know, you've got an electric car here in Tauranga and you can, yeah, you can get back to, to Auckland and back on full charge. But what happens if there's a detour, whatever? So you, you sort of need that um, charging facility, say in Auckland in that case, where with the hydrogen, um, it's going to have a lot longer range. Is it the converted ones as well? They'll have the same sort of range? Yeah, it depends on, again, it depends on the diesel tank and, yeah. and, and what, what you do with it. But, I mean, the, the long-haul trucks, yeah, you, you picture that one in the South Island, you know, you, you, you're going to want to get that type of range, if not more, out of it. Um, yeah, so that's where it's sitting at the moment. It looks good. Yeah. So we're um, HVMS. Um, you know, we're, uh, uh, again, this is a very uh, early-stage sector. HVMS is a, is a startup. Um, we're right at the early phase of what vehicle conversions would, would look like. And as I mentioned before, it's the tipping point, you know, the cost of it um, for fleet owners. And we are no different. I mean, we have to get paid for the work that we do, the design work and the, and the conversion type work. And, and whilst we have a number of uh, customers that we're, we're, we're currently working with in New Zealand, uh, we just managed to secure a very large contract in Thailand, yeah. and which has helped us along as a startup because it's quite a large uh, company. I don't mind saying who it is. It's a company called PTTEP. It's a, a Fortune 500 company. Um, it is, I think, 155th largest company in the world. And a part of that company controls the crude oil and um, uh, across Thailand. 
and also they um, they also own a number of the the ports there. And um, our design contract, so we won a design contract to convert um, a Scania crude oil tanker. Um, the fleet size in Thailand is um, three thousand. It's a big fleet, um, and we have won a contract to uh, design what a hydrogen fuel cell conversion may look on one of those diesel trucks. So yeah, we're um, currently tying up the, the loose ends on the contract at the moment, but um, in a few weeks time, uh, myself and one of our joint venture partners, uh, I'll talk about them in a minute, um, we'll be off to Thailand to, um, to put some data loggers um, to get all the parameters and metrics from trucks and then that, that aids in the design. So with HVMS, we're, we're working as the project manager. We're out there getting these contracts in. Um, one of our, um, our sort of sister company is East Coast Heavy Diesel. Um, so that's a Bay of Plenty uh, company that's grown, has um, four outlets, uh, one, a fifth one coming in Hamilton. And that's been in business for 15 years across. So East Coast Heavy Diesel uh, wanted to get a, you know, from the front foot with decarbonisation and position themselves. So HVMS is the low carbon arm of East Coast Heavy Diesel. So in a project sense, HVMS finds the work and project managers, uh, it's my role. Um, East Coast Heavy Diesel does the, from the conversion perspective, does the rudimentary work, the strip, the strip out work and the redesign work because when you start putting electric drivetrain in, things look a lot, lot different. So East Coast Heavy Diesel has the capability and the skills to do that work. And then we have a joint venture partner. And in most cases, it's a company called Global Bus Ventures in South Island. So they specialize in electrical work. So they do the electrical and the full um, vehicle integration work. So we work together as a joint venture between the three companies. And it's those three companies that will be working on the, on the project in, um, in, in, in Thailand. Is there enough skilled people that we the actual physical side, I think. Yeah. Is there a skill shortage or is there a... Yeah, there is. I mean, at the moment, the, I mean, you can probably tell the the projects aren't sort of streaming in through the, yeah. do, through the door. So, yeah, there is enough um, skills to do that work. However, that's why we're also investing in with Tipikanga and the like to um, education and training. We're not the only people that are looking at that. Yeah. In fact, there was a, a whole section in the in the hydrogen conference that was dedicated to um, skills and skills and training. But in a, in a, in a high level sense, um, we need to act quickly um, and it involves upskilling. So the current thinking is you, you take existing auto electricians, you take um, and you upskill them in high voltage work and what this electric drivetrain work requires. Um, you also take existing diesel technicians and you upskill them in certain parts that are going to involve hydrogen and um, and whatever through micro-credentials. And then also, New Zealand doesn't have those at the moment, so they're being developed. But they're also, um, it was revealed at the conference where New Zealand standards and the industry and the government are looking at what's going on overseas to, to try and speed up our, um, our path by um, adopting things that appear safe and... Um, are working and um, training methods that are working overseas. So I'll give you a, 
a, a real life example in New Zealand of how that plays out is um, HW Richardson have appointed um, one of their 40 companies, a uh, company based in uh, Christchurch called Transport um, Repairs. Um, and they have been tasked with fitting out the hydrogen um, converters, the hybrid converters. Um, that work needs high voltage work. It needs specialized skill work in um, um, swaging of pipes and different things. So HW Richardson sent some of their, or sorry, um, transport repairs, sent a few of their people across to Queensland to be, and uh, others across to Europe. So the hydrogen part was in Europe and the electrical part was done in Queensland where those people could upskill. And that's how it's all starting. So we're starting to bring those things in. And then obviously companies like ourselves working with those companies and we share and we start um, yeah, working together. Because what I found out of the conference is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a startup uh, sector in New Zealand. Uh, it's been going for five years now. It's, it's, it's accelerating, but there's a, a limited number of players in the game and um, yeah also too interestingly um i mentioned global bus ventures um they're famous for uh, along with kiwi bus builders here in tauranga both between those two companies they pretty much produced most of the diesel buses and um, a lot of the new electric buses that are um, running around in in new zealand um, so global bus ventures um, as i said they're specialists in electrical design and integration uh, they've done two pretty significant projects in New Zealand uh, for hydrogen. Uh, the first one was uh, Auckland Hydrogen Buses. So they're yeah. um, in, uh, integral in um, that project. And uh, more interestingly, um, the uh, America's Cup chase boats oh, okay. in New Zealand. So, yeah, so they, um, they, they did that work. Um, and there's a contract out there so that in the America's Cup, all those chase boats... Um, in the next tournament will be powered by hydrogen. So um, GBV is busily um, working on that. The New Zealand one with Grant Dalton and all that's been completed. In fact, it won the, it won the innovation award at the hydrogen conference. Yeah, so um, GBV's um, you know, world, world level in their yeah. skills. Yeah. Um, yeah, but again, look, back to your original question, um, they will need more people, yeah. Yeah. you know. So say we'll say in a year, what will we have? Where's things going to be? Is a year too soon? What's no, no. There's... Up and running. What's going to be say a year from now? I think we've all made a lot of progress in yeah. twelve months, but I think it, it, you know um, HW Richardson will have a lot more trucks on the road. Um, Fabron will have their electrolyzers, and that little ecosystem will be moving around. Um, Richardson's will start to upskill more people. Uh, early talks with guys like ourselves in the North Island. You know, we'll be working with um, with Richardson's and. How do we sort of scale this up a little bit um, or a lot? Um, you'll have the Hyzon TR trucks uh, delivered and um, the four stations will be set up um, and they'll be up and running. And then I think the likes of um, Haringa will be looking at how do, how do they scale? So each of those four locations um, is will be fitted with uh, one electrolyzer. And each electrolyzer is capable of around 450 kilograms of hydrogen production per day. So just to put that in reference, um, uh, full-on uh, semi-trailer, uh, prime mover, 
would probably take around uh, 60 to 80 kilograms. So that's six to eight trucks per day. So you've got 20 trucks circulating between four stations. So that's the underpinning of that initial thing. Yeah, pretty much. And then people like ourselves out there um, trying to get the demand up for hydrogen by, you know, converting vehicles or helping people acquire vehicles and, and the like, getting that ecosystem going. Then when that becomes economically viable, then the, the companies like Haringa will add electrolyzer. So it just comes in, in parallel. So it goes from 450 to 900 to 1350, et cetera. Um, then I think each of those stations, the capacity is around 1600 kilograms per day. But that's that's a lot, you know, that's, um, well, again, you know, it's whatever that is in trucks. Um, then a bus, for example, is around 35 to 40 kilograms uh, for a shift. Um, and a forklift's around three kilograms. You know, so a production facility like that can do 500 forklifts in excess of 500 forklifts in a factory. So, you know, when you've got companies like um, Winstone Warboards um, sitting across the road, yeah. big trucks on the road, they've got forklifts, they've got equipment. And also, um, you know, it's not just the hydrogen also hasn't just got suitability for vehicles. Um, they're also looking into um, industrial energy. So at the hydrogen conference, um, one of the sections was with first gas. Um, and as you know, the first gas line is reticulated in the North Island. And um, one of the major um, branches of that comes right through Tauriko. In fact, it passes within a few hundred meters of that facility. So they're, um, they're currently, that's uh, one of the first sites that the government's looking with industry um, on how you, um, get hydrogen into industry, how, how you reduce the use of natural gas, yeah. how you reduce the use of electricity. So hypothetically, in the Winstone Warboards case, um, they have an 800 metre long um, production line that makes the jib board. And essentially, that's a wet product that's got to be dried out. So currently, they use a lot of natural gas in the form of heaters. And um, and also that that could be that could be minimised by um, re replacing some of the natural gas with hydrogen. So, like we mentioned before, with diesel, um, diesel working together with hydrogen, you can also work hydrogen together with natural gas, and um, you can do a substitution of around twenty percent hydrogen as a replacement for natural gas if you start increasing the percentage, so if you go right through to 100%, you uncover more problems. Hydrogen's the world's smallest atom. It finds cracks quicker than other. You've got to be careful, don't you? You've got to be careful, and it, it can cause pipe embrittlement. Yeah. It's such an interesting space. I mean, it's great to jump out of bed every day and yeah, that's great. have some new stuff to work on. Oh, well, I'll come back in a year and uh, see where we're at. Hopefully, I would have been in the truck. You yeah, will. We can yeah. we can convert it for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank man. you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much.